Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to this week's edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gilbert here in the Cats and Dogs studio. We're really going with it. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just rolling with it. I'll call it whatever I want. If I want to call it the, the murder studio, I will. I think it'd be bad marketing, though. Be careful what you say about murder. Like on Family Feud, that one dude who got arrested for giving his answer about murdering his wife. Huh? Really? Yeah. Foreshadowing. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Be careful. This could be used what, as evidence. What's going on here? Why is my why is my microphone loose? Uh, we are also joined in the podcast studio, which is a damn room in my house, um, with my shadow. I've got a shadow today. He's learning a lot about journalism. He got a free lunch. It's an important part of journalism. Lance Isley from Olathe West, which I didn't even know was a school. I think he just made up the school. I don't think Olathe, there is an Olathe West. Cole I, went there, right? No, he went to North. No, nah, it doesn't matter. It's Lance a, is from it's the a nice directional. part of Olathe. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, the bougie part of Olathe. So what happens to your shadow when it's dark out? Ooh, I, well, I'm going to send him home before it gets dark. Okay, smart. I, I think his mom wants him back. She has not DM'd me and said, just keep him. He's a pain in the ass. I, he seems like a nice guy, but you know what? If he can mow the lawn, maybe we'll find a spot for him around here. We're sponsored by The Fridge. I know a lot of you 
made it to the fridge this weekend. They were hopping. I walked in the fridge on Thursday to talk to the crew. I wasn't even going in to buy anything. I just went by, you know, drop something off. And I am faced with one of my best friends in the world who does not live here. He lives in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm telling you what, folks, if, if Tad Christian can come from Atlanta, Georgia, just to go to the fridge, you can make it too. I think actually he had like a class reunion for his wife, but I'm just going to say as far as the fridge snows, he drove from Atlanta to buy their products. Stop into the fridge whenever you're in town. And we appreciate them being a longtime sponsor of the Powercat Questions podcast. On we go with the questions from Wabash Station. Ryan Gills Gilbert, do your reading thing now. From Jerome Yang. Oh, that guy. Is RJ Garcia the best wide receiver on the team? No. I no. Not right now. No. Um after Saturday. I mean, we haven't seen Keegan Johnson. And they're all raving about him. Hopefully we'll see him this weekend, but that sounded kind of doubtful today. I mean, I think if you've you've uh, missed two games, you're more than nicked up. Nicked up to me is like I got a boo boo and you know, maybe I can't play for a game, but I'll be fine next week. I think nicked up goes has a one-game limit. So Chris Kleiman said he was nicked up. Now, look, I think RJ's really good. And, you know, he's moved into the Cade Warner role. You can see how they used him was very similar. Kid makes plays. You know, he, he goes out there and, you know, does runs good routes, blocks well. You know, does the most important thing. You throw him the ball, he's going to catch the damn thing. And I like him a lot. I like him on the field, off the field. Um, I, I like this receiver core. After what I saw from the freshman, They've got some depth finally at receiver. It's been a problem. I think they've solved it. I'm willing to say that he could be the best right. receiver on the team. But also, with Keegan Johnson out, that's more time for RJ and Will to gain some chemistry. And if RJ continues at the pace he's going at and catching balls from Will and you know maybe becoming that preferred wide receiver, he may not necessarily be the best player, but if he's the number one target, wouldn't you think that that means that he is indeed the best receiver if he's getting the majority of the catches? And if, you know, if Will's able to put balls out there that, you know, RJ's comfortable catching, I think that that's, you know, he can definitely become that number one guy. The question just says receiver. So I assume he means wide receiver, but if not, Ben Sennett clearly is the best receiver. Best pass catcher, sure. But right now, I think RJ Garcia's got... Such a bright future, but as of right now on the team, I think that's still up for for debate. Yeah, I would totally agree. It's a little too early to to say that, but I was impressed with him. I'm happy he's finally getting his opportunity and making the most of it. Same thing with Avery Johnson. Like His ceiling is probably higher than Will Howard's, just looking at the trajectory of his whole K-State career. But as of right now, obviously getting your body in, in physical condition, but just knowing the playbook, there's so much that goes into it. You know, we got to remember that Johnson had, what, 20 snaps, 25 snaps? That's fine. I mean, he probably had 20, 25 snaps down in the playbook. But knowing the entirety of everything and being comfortable to check in and out of stuff, I know Will Howard was probably not comfortable with doing that in year one. So it's the future is bright for R.J. Garcia. But as yeah. of right now, I think it's it's tough to say he is the best. Obviously, Phillip Brooks has been in Manhattan for a lot longer. Who knows what Keegan Johnson will become? Boy, that was insightful. I mean, I bring a shadow into the room, and Gills sees a threat. And he steps his game up, Zach. <laughs> I think that's what happened. I mean, I, I could bring like a, a 
like a squirrel into the room and you'd probably be threatened by it. Anyhow, go ahead. Brooks, Brooks has suffered with some drops in his career, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. So maybe there's more trust with Garcia at this point in time. I would agree. From Wildcat Pilot 88, which of the freshmen that played last week do you expect to be regular contributors this year? Well, I think Asen, we had him in yeah, the Yeah, we had Asen Newsom today in media. Press he looks like a YouTube. Division One athlete that had been oh, here for three years. What is four going years. on? I mean, he... The kid's an 18-year-old freshman, Crazy. maybe 19. He, he handles himself like he's 25 and has done this for years and years. That's, uh, physically, he's – they're just getting a different level of athlete right now. And they're also – I don't know about you guys. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to Colby McAllister. That, he was in, right? Yeah. Um, but I am blown away by the quality of these kids, the way he handled himself, the way Avery handled himself in postgame on Saturday. It's impressive, but yeah, I think Asa, uh, he's going to be rotating through there quite a bit, and that spot, you know, he's backing up more, and I, that spot's going to be fine. That's just really impressive. That, yeah, I think some of those guys on defense are going to be the ones who play. I don't know how you registered Jack Faber for what he did. I mean, that was aggressive safety play. Impressive. I think there's, I would say, most freshmen that played. I would be willing to bet that more than half. I don't know exact guys necessarily, and I'm not going to name anybody, but it wouldn't surprise me if throughout the season, you know, half of those true freshmen or more do not utilize a red shirt and they play more than their four games. But am I crazy for thinking that Avery Johnson is going to be a major contributor this season? Look, I understand the desire to redshirt him. But I think what we saw on Saturday made it very clear. He can help you win football games this year. And if you have someone on your roster who can make you a better football team by being on the field, you got to play him. Uh, I think they can carve out a role for him um, as the non-starter to come in and, you know, play a little bit. Maybe as I've said it again, the Wildcat quarterback, maybe he just comes in and mixes it up a little bit. But that dude can play, and I think you need to find a role for him. What goes through a defense's mind, even if he's just a decoy? You see Will Howard at quarterback all game, and then here comes Avery Johnson, and Howard's now in the slot. Like, okay, we know what's going to happen here. So he's not going to take Howard's spot, but just get him in there for some trick plays. Johnson will be a contributor. I don't know if he'll be major or regular, but I think the redshirt conversation's kind of been put to rest after Saturday. Am I wrong? No. I mean, you're not. I'm I mean, I'm still hearing they, there's a desire to do it, but, boy, I don't know how you do it. I just don't. I And Chris Kleiman's right. In this day and age of the portal, um, you just play, guys. You just, if they can help you, you got to play them. And then maybe they get an injury and the red shirt's available. I mean, it comes down to this. Do you believe that Avery Johnson is going to be Kansas State's starting quarterback in 2027? If the answer is no... Don't redshirt him. No. If the you don't yes, need to redshirt him. He's not good enough to go to the NFL. And he's that's right. that's a problem. Yeah. You don't want Avery he's, Johnson here for his senior year. I think he's gonna probably look like Deuce Vaughn. He'll yeah. play this year, start next you know, the next two years potentially. Depends on what Will wants to do, but if Will wants to use his COVID year and come back next year, it's going to be a full on 
quarterback battle, yep. I think. I, I don't think that if Will Howard comes back, he's not going to get the same benefit that the offensive line extra year guys got this year. I think they, the offensive line probably got a little bit of a, a favor. I'm sure Connor Riley would hate me saying that, <laughs> and he would say that, oh, no, they earned it, but come on now. <laughs> they, they've got the experience. They absolutely deserve to be there, you know, just based on that. But they're taking the spots of those young guys, so it's probably a little frustrating for that room. But I don't think that'll be the same case at quarterback next year. If if Will Howard comes back next year, he's going to have to fight for his job, I think, yep. because Avery Johnson showed just in a few minutes on Saturday what he's capable of. I agree. Totally. It's, it, I'm blown away. I, I was absolutely blown away by the level at which Avery Johnson played as a true freshman. Hmm. So Avery Johnson helped you out in more ways than one. Yes, fun, huh? it was a very uplifting experience, yeah. <laughs> From Call Me T22, should we be concerned that the defense didn't force a single turnover on Saturday, or did K-State just play a conservative-based defense with lots of dudes and force SEMO to actually move the ball? Simo yeah. probably took care of the ball yeah. decently well. I know they, they didn't, didn't score any points, but if you're going three and outs and not moving the football and punting a lot, you're not yeah. you're not necessarily going to be turnover prone if you're not trying to make big plays. I know it didn't look like a good team because K-State handled them, but that's a good team. They, they probably don't turn the ball over on a regular basis. Um, well coached. Yeah, they are well coached. And if they go into this weekend and don't have turnovers, then I think we've got something to talk about. But just this one off, no. It was such a dominating defense performance. It didn't seem that important. Yeah. I, what, what was the line we created for interceptions on the season? It was double digits, right? Like there's still a it good was, chance K-State can get there. Sure, but I thought it was an insane – I think I went under. You went I thought under? it was an insane okay. number. So, Well, good thing I I'm feel, not an odds maker. I right? feel great, great about Saturday's performance. A shutout with no turnovers. Whew. I would say the concern would be more with K-State's turnovers. I know the interception is not something to be concerned with. The offensive line will clean that up. But, I mean, it doesn't get talked about that. Phillip Brooks muffed the punt, right? He dove back on it avoided the turnover but that's a an easy way to lose trust in your coaches by you know dropping the football in those plays ben sinnett on that deep pass great play running up the field loses the football and then rj garcia is there to pick it up and keep going like k-state was fortunate a couple times in this game where if you're playing i don't want to say troy but if you're playing texas or tcu who maybe not as not anymore after what we saw saturday but in the big 12 you can't get away with those plays yeah, they can't. And that, I mean, that was just kind of a fluke. Uh, Senate came down awfully hard. Um, yeah. But he landed on top of the player and bounced the ball out. But Archie Garcia said after the game, he didn't know it was live. He kind of picked it up and then realized, oh, I better run. There's no whistle. Yeah. And, and uh, didn't quite make it to the end zone. But, yeah, it, it was a day that things went right. I don't know if this defense, though, is going to be one to force a bunch of turnovers. I don't know if that's how they're going to have to be successful, right? Making a stop on on a third and five is just as good as, you know, creating a turnover, right? You're going to get the ball back one way or another. I think I, that's just me personally, but you don't have to have turnovers. So I think they played it maybe a little vanilla, but it won them the game by 45. Yeah, exactly. Last question, the first half. From TDE67, what group needs to perform better than last week to ensure K-State covers against Troy? Give me that again. I what what group needs to perform oh. better? 
Um, I'll go with offensive line. I mean, I, I, I've thought of all the groups, considering their experience, they didn't perform at quite the level they're capable of and need to perform this week. They need to dictate the course of this game with Troy. They've got an outstanding pass rusher. They've got to protect Will. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's going to come down to that line. You're going to go with uh, holders, aren't you? Did they miss anything? Did they no. bobble anything? No, 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 no. not the holders. Yeah, thought Randon did a good job. Snapper. Uh, <laughs> I I think I'm with you, Fitz. I think offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. We were we went out of that game. I think happy with the depth at wide receiver. Right, Will Howard played great. Defense gave up zero points, and so the biggest mistake from yeah. that game was a product of the offensive line. Yeah, <laughs> you know, getting Will yeah. Howard hit. So yeah, yeah that was really the yeah that really was the only blip. The entire game was that interception and the pressure that caused it. So thankfully, he didn't get hurt in the process. I mean, he got hit yeah. right on the knees. I mean, that was just a really dangerous play, a direct route to the quarterback. Never sees him coming. <clears throat> you can't you can't do that. I mean, you just that's not how it's supposed to go. But it happened. Uh, hopefully, Carver Willis learns from it. And uh, I I don't know. I I think we'll see. BB just start at right tackle on Saturday. I, yeah. I think they'll just go that direction from the very beginning of the game. I mean, you've got two returning guards with, you know, Panzer and Potier, so why not just let them play? And, you know, Hadley Panzer said today at Tuesday at the press conference that he, he doesn't mind flipping back and forth from left to right. He's perfectly comfortable. And of course, he can play center, too, if they really need him. So it's, it's interesting. they got some nice pieces they can mix and match with, but... The tackle depth is a concern. They just they got to develop those guys. They've had problems recruiting true tackles. This class are doing it, but it's been an issue. That's it. For the I first, agree. Yeah, thank you for agreeing. You're welcome. That's it for the first half of the Powercat Questions podcast. That was a quick one. That was, but we're not performing up to talkative standards here. It's Lance. It's putting a lot of pressure on us. He's just sitting over there staring at us. Just try to ignore him. We'll move on to the second half after this break. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Your weekly adventure into Kansas State sports from the team at Go Cat. I'm Fitz, he's Zach, he's Gills. We've all got Z's in our name for no good reason. Oh, we made Gills have a Z in his name. He technically doesn't have a Z in his name, but we gave him one. And plus, we don't really like him. We're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you stop in The Fridge every time you're in town. They are sitting right there in an old blockbuster. You can't miss them. At the corner of Claflin and Westport. Well, you can now because they changed their sign from I the know. old blockbuster. You know, you could tell they cut it perfectly. To so disappointing when they did that. Yeah. But it's still an awesome place. It's 
I, I've decided I'm going to have a change of career. Um, after going in the other day, Kevin offered me a job as a greeter, like, you know, the old guy at Walmart. <laughs> I think me being a greeter um, at a liquor store is really on brand. Not after your tweet this weekend. Well, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. You should just check IDs at the door and then people are good to go, buy their booze and get out. Right? Just Yeah. It's like a doorman. Okay. I like it. Like, I, I just kids, just bring me your fake, you know. Oh, nice to meet you. You're 35 years old. Okay, cool. Go ahead and get some of that fresh booze right off that booze tree at the fridge. On with your questions from Wabash Station. Here's Ryan Gilbert. He's going to speak now. Speak now, Ryan Gilbert. Speak. From third gen, third gen Wildcat, this is the deepest, most talented K-State team since blank. <sighs> Boy, that's tough. Um, I don't know if this team is deeper than last year's, to be honest. That's a good point. Um. I think the freshmen have come in and added substantially to this team. I'll say this. There's never been a freshman class as impactful as this one. Sure. And, sure. and I've been covering K-State sports since I was in college in the 80s. I'm old. And I've never seen anything like what this class is doing. So I'm, I'm wildly optimistic about the future of this program. In fact, I did a, you know, a, hit on Sirius XM here before we started recording on Tuesday afternoon. And that was a question the the guys asked me on Big 12 today about, is this program set up? And I think, yeah, you know, they asked for a vibe check and I said, the vibes are really good. The vibes are really good coming out of veneer. Anyone, anyone else? Yeah. With the depth, we go back to last year, K-State lost TP early on. Adrian Martinez didn't pan out Kobe Savage you know Daniel Green all these guys are getting hurt so maybe it doesn't feel like K-State was that deep of a team but the depth of that team is what allowed them to win the Big 12 championship and go to the Sugar Bowl so you know maybe in your mind you think oh they weren't that deep but that's just what they were given towards the end of the season so I think last year's team was honestly more deep than what K-State has now there's still a lot of questions I think a lot of people coaching staff have gained trust in Jacob Parrish but you know, there's still question marks with Will Lee, cornerbacks, you know, stuff like that. And, of course, injuries are going to happen. So, obviously, we five minutes ago, we talked about the wide receivers and how they performed well in week one. But where was Jaden Jackson for the final 50 minutes of Saturday's game? You know, can R.J. Garcia do that again? So, they're pointing in the right direction, but it was just one game against an F, uh, FCS opponent. So, we'll see. Yeah, I think it, they feel deep, but... They're not necessarily proven at the moment. And they're healthy. This, yeah. They came out. RJ Garcia's shoulder is fine. Like everything else is. Yeah. There really, there really wasn't any, you know, injury stuff from Saturday. Obviously, you know, you can't count on that being every game. Stuff will happen. But yeah, like you mentioned about last season being deep, they, you know, they lost a lot of guys last year and they still won the Big 12 championship. So I think we'll find out as the injuries come and the seasons goes, the season goes on you know, what might be the weak spots of K-State. But I, I think that it'll take the full view of the 2023 season before we can kind of answer this question and determine, hey, you know, how does this team compare from a depth and talent standpoint? On paper, it looks good. You know, they're recruiting a lot higher quality of an athlete. But 
there's still some time before you can really give it the full grade that you need to give it. I, I would agree. I, They're off to a good start with mm-hmm. Saturday's game. Kleiman mentioned yep. that on Tuesday, how getting those young players basically a half of football, if not more, if not less, but being able to build a, a big lead early and get those young guys some time so that when their bell is rung, they're not going to be a deer in headlights. They don't know what to do. They've been there. So we'll find out at the end of the year, like Zach said, but it was a step in the right direction after Saturday. But I think it's premature to say that this is an insanely deep roster. Yep, it is. And it's going to be fun watching those guys see who plays, you know, who proves to be, you know, so efficient that they can't keep them off the field. I like Pickles' cat. Pickles! Wants to know, is there any chance there isn't a rash of transfers leaving the program with how many guys seem to be getting passed in the depth chart by underclassmen? That is going to happen. This is the reality of it and exactly why you need to play the guys that need to play. Um, make them feel valuable and, you know, don't just go off of... In this day and age, uh, it, the transfer portal is working for you just fine if it's the guys who aren't playing enough that are leaving. It's when your frontline guys hit the portal that it's a problem. Because if you can clear those guys out, you, you're constantly restocking with new incoming freshmen. And the way the program's recruiting right now, I think that's a good thing. It, it's not bad. The transfer portal isn't bad if guys that aren't significant players are leaving. So it's it could be to your advantage. Yeah. If you have a freshman that's ready to play and there's a sophomore or junior that they pass, you know, it probably is best for all parties for the player to enter the transfer portal. Yep. You know, it's like you said, I think the transfer portal is a good thing. If you are if you are net gaining talent out of the portal versus what you lose, you know, I think you're winning. And if you're able to recruit out of high school or junior college players that are ready to play right away. And if they're passing guys that have been on the team for a little bit, I think that's great. If you are always improving, that's what's going to make your team better. And it, and maybe at a certain point, K-State will be at the point where they have improved so much to where they are a perennial national powerhouse. And at that point, I think that maybe you can say, yeah, maybe losing a lot of guys to the transfer portal, you've just kind of reached that, you know, that max load, I guess, of how many guys you can possibly have on your team. But... There's a long way to go before you're worried about losing four and five star recruits yep. to the portal because they weren't playing. But the the opposite side of that problem is you have a whole bunch of four and five star recruits that are playing and helping your team. So there's a long journey before you know the case. You know the the transfer portal becomes a problem. I guess as long as you are net gaining, I wouldn't worry about it. I would agree. I. I've been saying this, and I think Saturday proved that it will happen. There'll be at least one, if not two, of the backup quarterbacks in the portal at year's end. I mean, when you play Avery and he looks like that, you know where it's headed. Unless he gets injured, you know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I I think they'll just lose some guys. They'll have some attrition, but they'll just constantly bring in new guys. We'll see again. Just play him. If he's good enough to play play them and what happens happens as a consequence of that you can't constantly worry about the portal uh you just gotta just let it go out there and guys want to leave okay they they weren't invested enough there's always going to be a plethora of players in the portal i like that word thank you 
Can you so say, you can't worry about that, Fitz. Can you say plethora of players three times fast for me? Plethora of players, plethora of players, plethora of players. Yeah. Blah. There we go. He's doing so well. So good. Yeah. Lance over here made me nervous. I know. He's mm-hmm. very, he's judging. Yeah. He's judging. I'm actually, I haven't looked at him one bit because I'm faced the other way. So I don't know what he's, he's doing. Dude, he's just staring at me. He hasn't blinked in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> From Contra Cat, do you think there will be a growing potential for early season conference games as the Big 12 continues to mature? Do you like those early challenges? I think it's a move the Big 12 needs to consider. And I'm curious, you know, this whole Mexico Bowl thing, we were calling it a bowl, we're Thinking that it's going to be like a postseason bowl that will involve the Big 12, I think it's going to be a perennial preseason game featuring two Big 12 teams. Yeah, play right. it in week zero. Yeah. I don't know what the temperature is going to be like, but if you're playing it in Monterey, it's up in the mountains a little right. bit. You'd think that, well, even even playing in Mexico City is like at 8,000 feet. Or, it's something it's insane. Crazy. I know. might be hot, but I, I don't know if I'd want to play in Mexico City in in August, but I think next year the Big 12 should own week zero. They should have three different games scattered over the weekend and, you know, play them and play one in Vegas, play one in Dallas, play one in Orlando, um, or, you know, even one of the NFL stadiums down there. Just go for yeah. it. Just put it all out there and. You know, if you're the Big 16, Big 12, whatever, make it your showcase. Now, see, the thing is, is the way the contracts are set up with the Big 10 and SEC, so many of the good time slots are taken by those commitments. Networks have paid big money to have the third Big 10 game, whatever, whatever crap game that'll be. You get the three games down in the Big 10, it's not good football. But those slots are spoken for. So the Big 12 is going to have to get a little creative about when they play their games, uh, how they line up. They're going to have some weeknight games, the Fridays and Thursdays. But uh, I think week zero is a good place to park it with three incoming programs against three of the established programs. I disagree. I think you do it on week one and own week one. Go find a venue. That's not a bad idea. Go play. You open up Go open up when nobody's opening up on Wednesday. There's no games on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Play on Wednesday in Vegas. Play on Thursday in Vegas. Play on Friday in Vegas. Play on Saturday. Play on Sunday. And then play Monday. And you could do this. And if there's eight, you know, there's 16 teams, do eight games, pick two different venues, and you send half the conference to one of two places. You play four, everybody, you know, you play nine conference games a year. Make one of them a neutral site game. So you have four road games, four home games, one neutral, and it's the season kickoff. And just own Labor Day. Own Labor Day weekend. So why not? I'm in. Want me to call Brett Yormark? Sure. Okay, hold on. I don't have his number. Crap. I thought I, I, I mean, he calls me all the time to get my advice. But you could do Dallas. You could do Houston. You could do... Yeah. Any place with a dome that has turf. I know that Vegas is a dome that has grass. You'd have to lay the turf down, unfortunately, because that grass field, I don't think the Raiders would be very happy about having five football games played on their field before NFL opening week. So you need the turf. It's, not, it's the Raiders. Not like they use the field very well anyhow. Yeah, that's true. But that's a great idea, Zach. I, There's your daily delivery. I'm going to write that yep, down. Write that down. <laughs> 
Kleiman would support this, right? He's uh, for I his think team getting on. tested, finding out about sure, his team. In that case, on. yeah. I don't think. I think if you tell Chris Kleiman there's a game somewhere, I think he'll show up and and play. You know. I think he's one of those anytime, anywhere guys. And yeah. there, was, there was somebody on, on Reddit, I think, some comment about all these weeknight games. I think it was Indiana coach or whatever, but somebody made the comment. All these, we're finding out that all of these anytime, anywhere coaches that'll, you know, play wherever, whenever, they're finding out, well, maybe not if it's a Friday night because of high school football and mm-hmm. whatever other excuses there are. But if you are, you know, if you have the opportunity to play on national television, on any day of the week, do it. Especially if there's no competition on a night like Thursday or Friday where you're competing with Amazon Prime. The, the slate of games, for the most part, this past weekend were just horrible. <laughs> yeah. Just horrible. Well, last night was all right. Yeah. No, I mean. <laughs> In the end, it shouldn't have been. should have been a reverse result. But, but uh, yeah. But you get a little of that chaos. You get Duke kicking the crap out of Clemson and Florida State. um just pummeling LSU, probably limited LSU to only going up one spot in this week's rankings. Probably, you know, they're probably going to go up two spots with a win. But what? It's SEC, so they lose. They're still great because they lose really well. They've been losing a lot. Did the rankings come out today? I don't even. Did know. They come out yesterday. I don't, I don't yeah. even know. K State's fifteen. Okay. So jumped one. Wow, we're just rocketing up there. I'm not. I'm a bit so. Was it LSU that they hopped? I don't know, actually. I don't know. I didn't check. We were busy today. We suck it. Hey, intern over there. <laughs> he's not an the intern. Sh- he's a shadow. Makes it sound worse. God, I mean, <laughs> I probably should have told him in advance that, you know, massaging my feet was part of the shadowing experience. Trust but, me, I do it every day. Yeah, see, it's, it's part of the job. It's not anything weird to massage the boss's feet. LSU dropped nine spots to number 14. There he is. So there's still Nine above Kansas State. 14. There he is. Yeah. A 1-0 team is behind an 0-1 team. You love it. And Florida State is now number four. Yeah. There you go. I saw Colorado popped in the rankings, which is, I mean, sure, they're probably deserving of it. Why not? Who expected that? Our shadow's got a great voice. Did you mm-hmm. know? Should throw him a mic. He, well, <laughs> yeah, but I'm afraid, you know. He'd, just he'd start talking about here. drugs and stuff, all those things those kids are mixed up in, yeah. you know, to get, getting tattoos and drag racing. Vapes. Listening to Rick Ross. Oh, my God. It'd be horrible. I don't like people that like Rick Ross. All right. That was rude. I know. Any more? Is that it? We got one more. Okay, let's do one more. From Win the Dang Day, 2001. So I'm gonna I'm gonna presume that that's the I think that is WTD D is win the dang day, 2001 WWJD. With the conversation about the new <laughs> clock rule, I really missed that. With one. the conversation about the new clock rules, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the amount of commercials and the length of media timeouts? Could it end up hurting viewership for college football? Also with the K State, also with K State speeding up the offense do the new rules really affect the cats at all might affect the game a little bit I, but the the week zero i think the numbers came out it said there were seven percent less game uh less plays per game and i think the games were like 1.4 percent shorter but it the rule change was about player safety it wasn't about commercials or game time it was about 
less plays for players because as we know, the college football playoff is expanding and that's going to be two extra games for some teams. It'll be at least one extra game for the teams that get buys, but a 7% reduction in plays for each game over the course of an entire season. Well, that's going to get you an extra game. So, you know, if you're going to expand the playoffs and add more total games, but if you're able to reduce the total number of plays, you know, that's probably a good thing for player health and safety. But from the commercial standpoint, this isn't this this wasn't ever going to help that. The only way to make commercials shorter is if you make the commercials shorter and stop doing so many TV timeouts. I read that on average there's roughly an hour of commercials. I believe it. The At broadcast least. is three hours and 15 minutes, and an hour of it is commercials. And look, you got to have them because that's the big money, but I, they've got to figure out better ways to incorporate commercials into split screens. I'm sorry if I'm an advertiser. I want that. I don't want people feeling like, okay, we can get up, go to the fridge. I would like to have content next to my commercial or, you know, my branding on the screen. I I would want that. I, they've just got to figure out a way. If they really want to reduce game length, they've got to get creative with how they're doing commercials. Uh-huh. Anybody that records the game, commercials are worthless. But if it's between second and third down, you pan in on Will Howard calling the play to the huddle, and you know you have a quick 20-second spot from Geico or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. think it's really effective. It does not does not lengthen the game in any way. Mm-hmm. Nobody's great. listening to us. We have such great ideas. Zach just came up with an incredible idea that I'm going to blatantly steal for daily delivery and claim it as my own. I wonder if NBC – I think NBC is the best network that gets – you know, for golf, they call it playing through. They'll mm-hmm. have the golf up in the one corner and then the ads, you know, the commercials to the right. That's brilliant. Uh, for IndyCar, I think NASCAR too, they'll do a side-by-side with ads and whatever. Can't miss those I left mean, turns. Yeah. Not in IndyCar, though. IndyCar. Only sometimes in IndyCar. I know. Um, but, yeah, the there's better ways, I think, than just completely stopping the flow of the game to get your ads in that advertisers would probably be happy with and but i'd rather almost just see teams sell or it or at the very least leagues sell it'd be great if brett yormark sold the naming rights to the big 12 so they can put a little logo patch for the big 12 conference with you know whatever their sponsor is and that pays for you know x amount of tv revenue or you know whatever you know i think there's ways to get creative you know, selling your branding rights to your naming rights to other entities to make you some money that might improve competition in the in the times of games. Welcome to this week's action of the Barstool 16. Please no. Yeah, I went there. What do you, what do you, what do you think? The Big 12 presented by GoParacat.com. I think we don't have the money for that. Oh. Yes, we do. So, Zach, you said 7%, right? Yeah. That, if the game is, there's, there's less plays, less possessions, this is going to give lesser teams, underdogs, a greater chance to win. Because that's what you do when you're yeah. the underdog. You want to limit the game. You want to limit the possessions, control time of possession, so that you don't give the better team more 
chances to score the ball. If you can get a pick, if you can get a stop, that can go a long way in a game that's played with 10 or 12 possessions, right? If you're playing 20 possessions, the the better team is going to have more opportunities to go score. So this it does change the game. I mean, Kleiman has been asked about it. Same thing with Klein. They kind of brushed it off, and I think they were being honest. They haven't changed their approach too much, but I think there might come a point in time where it, it does change the game. You're going to obviously have to hold less back in your playbook and just put it all out there, and it's going to change. It's going to change the game. It really is. I want more football, not less. Which who was in the press box? I want less for the media timeouts. Who was it? Was it you? Yeah, I kept asking for the media timeouts. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah, see, this is you another need, pet yeah, peeve. They you always need a say break. The media timeouts is like we don't want one. CMO's we want down football. Thirty-eight to zero. I, I don't want a timeout. Keep going. Tell yeah. you what, I, I do appreciate a good timeout when you're down on the field and it's hot and you can go run in. Let's make this all about water. Zach. <sighs> Zach. 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 Yeah. Well. Got to no, put the, the camera down for a little bit. I did squeeze in uh, two ice cream sandwiches on Saturday, so that's good. I mean, that's that's folks. I was at midseason performance. That that's up there. <laughs> really mixed and matched it, and that yeah, was good. That it? Are we done? You got anything to put out there, Shadow? Nope. He said no. Oh, he said oh. Oh, he said Gill sucks. Yep, yeah, he, he did. sure did. He did. Well, that was nice of him. Uh, that's it for the Powercat Questions podcast. Make sure you're checking out all the content we're cranking out. We've got the uh, pregame show that'll come out Thursday, the Friday walkthrough, which is strangely on Friday. Uh, and, of course, the Insiders on Monday. I hope you caught our live debut. We'll be live every Monday at 1.30 throughout football. I thought it went pretty well for the most part. This was outstanding. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.